Greetings, people of by God. Welcome everybody to worship on this, the first Sunday in the season of Lent. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio, just a reminder that you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you'll find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab, as well as options for giving your offering to the Lord under the give tab. A number of announcements to share with you before we begin, we begin worship today. As we begin this season of Lent, it actually began this past Wednesday on Ash Wednesday. Uh, just a reminder that we will be worshiping not only on the weekends during Lent, but also on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. all the way up until Holy Week. And we're also gathering for supper at 5 p.m. down in the gym on those Wednesdays. So please join us for midweek worship and supper during the season of Lent. 
Trivia night is less than one week away. That's Saturday, March 4th. There's still room and there's still time for you to sign up to play. Uh, deadline to do so is this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, some of the silent auction items uh, are listed in the Commons area. Those and many others will be up for bid on Saturday night. More information is in your, in your Chapel Weekly or on that table in the Commons area. All proceeds from Trivia Night support our mission emphases for this year. So please join us for that. And, Big special thanks to our mission and outreach team for all their work and support as we get ready for that fun evening. Please plan to attend the special congregational voters meeting that has been called for Sunday, March 5th. That'll take place after the late service to vote on a call for a new associate pastor. Biographical information of each of the three candidates uh, that the call committee interviewed has been shared. That's in your bulletin today. All members of chapel are encouraged to attend that very important meeting. That's again Sunday, March 5th, after the late service. The Walking Together in the Word devotion for the month of March has been printed, and that's available not for you now at the Welcome Center. It's a purple-colored cover uh, this month. Uh, please pick up your copy before you go home and utilize that in your personal devotion time. During uh, the month, this upcoming month of March, we will be gathering personal care items on behalf of Lutheran World Relief. Uh, please see the explanation sheet at the Welcome Center as, we, as, as to what to get and how to bring that back to Chapel of the Cross. Lutheran World Relief will then distribute those personal care items to individuals in need around the world. In subsequent months, throughout, throughout 2023, we are planning on collecting items also for Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child. More information on that is to come, but, but for this upcoming month, we are gathering personal care items for Lutheran World Relief. So thank you very, very much in advance for your participation with that. And please know that you are invited to come back later this morning to attend a special music-filled worship service at the 11 o'clock service time. So, so after church day, go to Bible class, go to Sunday school, and then come back uh, uh, for, for a special service of praise and song to Jesus, the Savior of the world, and in celebration of Black History Month. Uh, you want to make sure to come back for that special service today at 11 o'clock. Our elder for the weekend is John Rogers. John is standing in the back there. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know John as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together this morning. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn, O Lord, throughout these 40 days.
Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, imploring him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a troubled and penitent sinner, confessing to you all my sins and iniquities with which I ever wronged you, and for which I justly deserve your punishment. But I am sorry for them, and repent of them, and pray for your boundless mercy. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Forgive my sins, give me your Holy Spirit for the amendment of my sinful life, and bring it to everlasting. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. pray. O Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and be forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the third chapter of Genesis. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat from the fruit tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave to her, some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. 
So they sewed fig trees leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and hid from and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman, put you here, put, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from that tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all the livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl in your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is the word of the Lord. We read responsibly Sim, Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose in sin in the Lord does not count against him, and whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, my strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance.
The epistle is from the fifth chapter of Romans. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and this way death came to all men because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did great God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as the result of one trespass was condemnation for all men, so also the result of the one act of righteousness was justification that brings life for all men. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. This is the word of the Lord.
St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Didn't know if you knew this, but uh, the country of Australia is kind of infamous for its dangerous flora and fauna. From the, from the alligator, the saltwater crocodile, which, which has the most powerful bite of any species, to the inland taipan, a snake that has enough venom in one bite to kill several humans. But one of the most dangerous is the gimpy gimpy tree. Now that sounds kind of harmless, doesn't it? Gimpy gimpy tree. But it's not harmless, not at all. Gimpy is an aboriginal word for stinging. It's the stinging tree. So if you touch the leaves, the pain is so great, so long-lasting, some people have actually killed themselves to make it stop. Scientists who studied the plant, who made the mistake of touching it, described it as the worst kind of pain you can imagine. Like being burnt with hot acid and electrocuted at the same time, she said. The pain begins with just the slightest touch and then intensifies and moves into the lymph nodes. From, from the, you get it from your le- wherever the leaves touched you to, the, to your lymph nodes in your body. And that excruciating pain can keep just recurring for years. It's because the, the tiny, tiny hairs on the surface of the leaf, they get embedded in your skin. And if something touches that affected area or if that area is exposed with cold water, all that venom is released again and it all starts over again. Lutheran author Gene Veith, when he visited Australia, wrote um, about seeing the gimpy gimpy tree on a walk. And so he was warned about it, not to touch it, steer clear of it. I did some research about it, heard about the tree's terrible dangers. Then he was on another walk and he came across the tree again. And even though he knew the consequences, what it would be, he felt this very strong urge, this very strong impulse to just reach out and touch it. Someone asked me last night at the service, well, did he? Thankfully, he did not. He didn't touch it. But that that gimpy, gimpy tree reminds me of another tree, a tree so dangerous that with one bite of its fruit, it would bring the sting of death. And not just for one person, but for all humanity. And yet Adam and Eve, they could not resist that impulse to disobey God and eat that forbidden fruit. You know that story. probably know it very well. You heard it in the Old Testament reading. It's the Garden of Eden, a paradise on earth that God had created, and God put Adam and Eve there in that perfect paradise. And God was there too. Every day he walked there in the garden, spent time with those he had made and those whom he loved. But those three, God and Adam and Eve, they were not the only ones in that garden Satan was there too. And he wasn't off hiding somewhere under a rock or something like that. Not, not him. Not the devil. He was at the most important spot in the garden. He was at that tree. That tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Listen to what God said in Genesis chapter 2. He says, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. That tree was the most critical place in the Garden of Eden. And that is where Satan is hanging out. Not slinking and slithering off around the outskirts, but at the most important place where God had given a very clear and unambiguous word and command. Don't eat the fruit. Of all places, that would be the place where Adam and Eve should have shown their devotion to their God and to their Creator. They should have passed by that tree and said to one another, oh, look, look at that fruit. It's so very beautiful, but it's so very dangerous, so deadly. God told us, don't eat it. And even though it looks so good, we will obey his word and we will do his will. That's what they should have said to each other as they passed by that tree. But they didn't. Satan, appearing at the tree as a lying, deceitful snake, cleverly lured Adam and Eve into rebellion, really by the same process that he often uses today. Did God really say, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? 
and he gets them to doubt God's word. And Eve says to the serpent, we can eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. And then Satan just attacks God's word. You will not surely die. In fact, just the opposite is true. God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be just like him. You will know good and evil. You know, wouldn't it have been great if when Satan said, did God really say, Eve would have just cut him off right there. He said, oh, no, well, if we've got a question, let's go get God and ask him. That's not what happened. Wouldn't it have been great if, if, when, if when the devil said, did God really say, Adam would have jumped in and said, hey, hey, Eve, he totally said, don't eat from that tree. But that's not what happened either. The Bible says that when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And Adam took some and ate it too. Just one little bite. And the world has not been the same since. We go to funeral homes and cemeteries because of that day so long ago. Sin came into the world and with sin came death. Satan was at the most important place in the garden. He was tempting Adam and Eve not to listen to God's clear word. And they fell for it. They fell for that evil temptation. They did what seemed best to them. Their will be done, not God's. So ever since that time, every man and woman has been born with a sinful nature. Now I know it's not really popular to talk about that because you know some people say you got it. You got to build yourself up. You got to build up your self-esteem. You got to think about how good you are. But you know, the Bible begins with the truth that we've been born with a sinful nature, that we all have this dark side within us. Theologians call that original sin. We've been talking about that actually in our, in our confirmation class. Every man and woman has a dark side. And left to themselves, people will gravitate toward evil. Kind of like you, you go to the store, you bring home some fruit, maybe, maybe an apple, and you, you have that on the counter. It looks real good, but on that apple is just one tiny rotten spot. Now you can take a little knife and cut that out and eat the apple. It'll be just fine. But if you leave it there for a while, that goodness of the apple does not consume the rotten spot, does it? No, the, the, other, the other thing happens. The, the rotten spot kind of overtakes the whole apple. Man has a sinful nature. We all have a a rotten spot. Well, I have a dark side. But it's not just adults that have a dark side, unfortunately. Which one of us had to teach our children how to sin? I didn't have to teach my kids how to sin. They came by that very, very naturally. And I bet you, your kids, if you have kids, they came by it naturally too. I mean, if, just try putting two children in a room with one toy to play with sometime. It won't take very long to see sin and selfishness rather than two children at play. We are not born as clean, innocent slates who, if we're not influenced negatively, will automatically do what is right. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. The Bible says that we are all born with a predisposition to sin. We all have original sin. We've all got that dark side. Guess who else struggled with that? The Apostle Paul. And probably the greatest theologian, the greatest missionary this world has ever seen. And he's got a dark side just like you and I. In fact, he writes about it in Romans chapter 7. This is what he says. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Do you hear his struggle? And it is a struggle. Paul struggled with it. We struggle with it every day. 
And I tell you, it seems sometimes like we're fighting a losing battle, doesn't it? And we think, hey, come on, we're Christians. Shouldn't be struggling like this with my sin. What's wrong with me? Paul even cries out to God in this chapter. He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? But then it's beautiful how he answers his own question. Because he says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who will rescue us from this dark side, from this sin? Oh, thanks be to God. It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ who was born as a little baby in Bethlehem. It's Jesus Christ who went to that cross to die for all of those sins we've got. It's Jesus Christ who rose from the dead victorious on that first Easter. Jesus Christ rescues us from our dark side. He rescues us from sin and death and from the power of the devil. Martin Luther said, I'll tell you a good way to remember that you were rescued from that dark side. He says, remember your baptism. Remember that baptism daily. Remember how in your baptism you were drowned with Christ. All of your sins were forgiven. And then you were raised to new life to the glory of God. We are rescued from sin. Oh, but we still struggle, don't we? Just like Paul, we wrestle with sin. And this struggle against our sin, it's this never-ending process while we're here on this side of heaven. Yes, Jesus died for our sinful dark side. And yes, our sinful nature has been forgiven, but it's still a battle. And it will be a battle until Jesus comes again and calls us home and establishes the new heavens and the new earth. This new creation is it's going to be a beautiful place. And it's, it's going to be a perfect place of fellowship with our Creator, with our God. We're going to meet Jesus face to face in the new creation. And once again, we'll enjoy that perfect communion with God that was lost in Adam and Eve's sin. But I, I think one of the greatest things about heaven is that it's a place free from the sinful nature. We will be free from that dark side. We will be free from that struggle and that disappointment and that grief that makes life here so very miserable sometimes. In one of my favorite passages of of Scripture, St. John writes this in Revelation 21. He says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Mourning is gone. Crying is gone. Pain is gone. Death is gone. And the dark side will be no more. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. Find that on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offerings to the Lord.
please rise. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, hold your cross ever before our eyes as we begin this Lenten journey to the cross. You formed us from the dust of the earth in your image, and to this dust we will return. During this holy season, create in us contrite hearts, renew our spirits, and prepare us for your harrowing suffering at the crucifixion and for the magnificent joy of your resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God, you once gave your Son to be tempted by the devil for us and our salvation. Help us and all who are assaulted by the many temptations of the devil and the world and our sinful flesh, that we, that we may be strengthened and supported by your grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guard and keep your church, O Lord, from every attack of the devil. Bless the members of this and every congregation, that in thankfulness for your great mercy, we may continually support the work of your church through our gifts, our service, and our own faithful witness to your goodness and mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Dear Lord, we ask you to guide our nation's leaders in all wisdom, humility, and integrity. We do not know all the burdens that have been placed on their shoulders, but we know that all serve according to your good pleasure. May they grow in faith in you and in love for your people as they serve us and our country. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, watch over the members of our armed forces as they protect our nation from harm and evil. Be also with our Lutheran military chaplains who share the love of Christ and the saving message of the gospel with our military personnel. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, Lord, for all those to whom you have granted a blessed end and graciously taken from this valley of sorrow to yourself in heaven. When our last hour comes, defend us from the temptations of the devil and let your holy angels lead us safely to home, Lord. In your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, we ask that you comfort and strengthen those who are suffering from infirmity. We especially remember to embolden and Paul Kelly. Lord, we ask for healing, we ask for comfort, and we ask for strength be given in accordance to your will. Give the protection of your holy angels to all those who are in trouble, need, or adversity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We remember, Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord look upon us with favor and give us peace. Amen. Amen.